This week on The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, we continue our adventures in Acts with reporting back to Antioch, the occasion of the First Council, Peter's response, James's response, and the Council's letter. Join me, Pastor Will Whedon, for The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, your daily 15-minute verse-by-verse Bible study on demand. Listen at thewordendures.org or your favorite podcast provider.
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Let us then confess our sins to God our Father. Most, Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you, God, for by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We just God in his mercy has given his son to die for you and for his sake forgives you all your sins as a called and ordained servant of Christ and by his authority I therefore forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit Amen in peace let us pray to the Lord For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord.
The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty and most merciful God, preserve us from all harm and danger, that we, being ready in both body and soul, may cheerfully accomplish what you want done. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Old Testament reading is from Job chapter 38. The Lord said to Job, Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who determined its measurements? Surely you know. Or who stretched the line upon it? On what were its bases sunk, or who laid its cornerstone when the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy? Or who shut in the sea with doors when it burst out from the womb, when I made clouds its garment and thick darkness its swaddling band, and prescribed limits for it and set bars and doors and said, Thus far shall you come and no further or here shall your proud waves be stayed. Have you commanded the morning since the days began and caused the dawn to know its place, that it might take hold of the skirts of the earth and the wicked be shaken out of it? It is changed like clay under the seal, and its features stand out like a garment. From the wicked their light is withheld, and their uplifted arm is broken. Have you entered into the springs of the sea or walked in the recesses of the deep? Have the gates of death been revealed to you or have you seen the gates of deep darkness? Have you comprehended the expanse of the earth? Declare if you know all this. This is the word of the Lord. Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 14th chapter. Immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side, while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But the boat by this time was a long way from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them, walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, It is a ghost! And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, 
Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come out on the water to you. He said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, O oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. And those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Man up, Job, are the first words that our God speaks to him after being silent for the last 36 chapters. We know the story of Job, how he is a righteous man offering up sacrifices day and night for his children, not knowing any of their specific sins, but knowing full well that because they are man, they are still sinful. They must make sacrifices. They must offer up prayers to God to be purged, to be cleansed. And yet the adversary, the accuser, Satan, does not like this. He would much rather that Job be secure in his mind, thinking that, I don't know their sins, they are far from me, and after all, I cannot make atonement for them, so let's just let them be. But that's not who Job is. He's a righteous man. He walks in the ways of the Lord, as Scripture tells us. And he's held up alongside Noah as great examples of the faith. And yet, the accuser does get a chance to tear Job down. The first time the Lord delivers Job into the accuser's hands, the Lord hands him over, as Job 2 says. And in it, then, the, the accuser, Satan, takes from Job his goods, his fame, and his children. His wife is left. He has friends there to comfort him, but we quickly find out that they really are no comfort at all. For as Job mourns, they come and mourn with him there in sackcloth and ashes. But once the seven days elapse, they want nothing more to do with Job. You've mourned enough. Grow up, Job. Man up, Job, they say. Your children are gone, but you still have a lot of good things. Your wife is here. Forget that she tells you also to curse God and die, but at least she's there with you. Besides, Job, these friends say, 
you probably deserved it. After all, our Lord would never punish the righteous. If something bad happens, you deserve it. This is the thought of the friends. Somewhere deep down inside, Job, you must have sinned against God, and so he punishes you. And this goes on for quite a while. Job speaking with his friends, defending his integrity, defending his righteousness before God on account of his faith in the Lord, for he knows that his Redeemer lives. He knows that he shall see him in the flesh at the last. And he knows that he is but a worm and not a man. But still his friends nag, needling at him, trying to find some long-forgotten sin that might have caused the Lord's favor to leave him. And finally, when the Lord does come, coming down with a shout, coming down with not the sound of a trumpet, not a still small voice, but a mighty rushing whirlwind, the friends think themselves at first vindicated. The first words out of our Lord's mouth, Who is this who darkens counsel by words without knowledge? Man up, gird your loins, I will question you and make it known to me. And then follows what we just heard read. Where were you when creation happened? Where were you when earth and waters burst forth from the creative word of God? Where were you when the waters were gated and would travel no further? Where were you when stars were put in the sky and the morning stars, the sons of God, the angels praised God, singing his glory from one to another endlessly? Where were you? Of course, Job cannot answer this. He wasn't there. Nobody was. Only God in his holy trinity. And yet, God continues. He doesn't let off the gas at all, but continues to press upon Job. Have you entered into the springs of the sea or walked in the recesses of the deep? Have the gates of death been revealed to you? Or have you seen the gates of deep darkness? Job will never see these things. Job's death will be final until the resurrection. But he cannot descend to reascend, and he cannot go up to find God and bring him back down to earth that he might question him. But Job finally must be content with God condescending himself, coming down to Job once for all. Who are you? But for Job, there is someone who can stand against the Lord. It's not his friends. It's not Elihu, whoever he may be. 
and it's not Job's wife. It's Job's Redeemer. For only Job's Redeemer was the one who was there from the foundations of the earth. Only Job's Redeemer was the one who was there when waters gushed forth from the Lord's Word, when light was strewn across the skies. Only Job's Redeemer was the one who could walk in the recesses of the deep, enter into the springs of the sea, and remain dry. Only Job's Redeemer is the one who could see the gates of death and deep darkness and emerge victorious. Only Job's Redeemer is the one who can lose everything but still have it all. For Job does lose everything, goods, fame, child, and even in her blasphemous words against the Lord, wife. But because the Lord is merciful and does not tempt anyone beyond their ability, he provides for Job once more. For the Lord's words, as battling as they may be, as combative as they are, finally end not with the Lord vindicating Job's friends, but speaking to Job's friends and to Job in a rebuking way. You, friend, have not spoken of me what is right as my servant Job has. And so Job has all his fortunes restored, children restored, whom he will see at the last in his flesh, just as he himself will behold his Redeemer face to face. Goods doubled, fame magnified across all the earth, so that even now, thousands of years after, we know his name and his story. Job finally vindicated, not because of his words, not because of his actions for the Lord, not because of sacrifices he offered on behalf of his children, but because of his faith in Christ, his faith that the Lord would condescend to him, his faith in the Lord hearing his prayers and his pleas for mercy, his faith finally that the Lord would break the arm of the mighty and exalt Job the lowly. For this, Job is praised. For this, Job is finally vindicated. For this, Job speaks rightly of his God and your God. For your God does not leave you either. He does not leave you to figure things out for yourself or to struggle through without any sense of hope. But he is here for you. He is near you right this day to give you finally all that he has so that you may have it all. To Christ alone be all the power, glory, and honor now and forever. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, the Son of our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary. 
In our prayers, we pray for Dawn, wife of the Reverend David Witt of our Advancement Office, as her struggle with cancer continues. Mindful of God's mercy, let us approach him in all confidence that our dear Father will hear us and work all things together for our good. For peace in our time, for deliverance from every evil of body and soul, and for a decrease of anger and hatred, let us pray to the Lord. Lord have mercy. For the Church and her faithful witness to Jesus our Savior, for the holy ministry and those called to serve in it, and for joy in our mutual service toward one another, let us pray to the Lord. Lord have mercy. For attentive ears and open hearts that are ready to receive the word of life, for hungry souls that wait to be fed the bread of heaven, and for faith that confidently rests in God's promised salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For a government that serves and protects all its citizens, for leaders who speak the truth and act accordingly, and for communities that thrive in a spirit of cooperation, let us pray to the Lord. For the sick and distressed, including Dawn, for the medical arts and all those who care for the infirm, for all those who await word on missing loved ones following the fire in Maui, and for all who mourn as we wait the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, For all these petitions and whatever else you know that we need, gracious Father, grant us for the sake of your dear Son, even Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen.
Blessed are you, Lord of heaven and earth, for you have had mercy on those whom you created and sent your only begotten Son into our flesh to bear our sin and be our Savior. With repentant joy, we receive the salvation accomplished for us by the all-availing sacrifice of his body and his blood on the cross. Gathered in the name and the remembrance of Jesus, we beg you, O Lord, to forgive, renew, and strengthen us with your word and spirit. Grant us faithfully to eat his body and drink his blood, as he bids us do in his own testament. Gather us together, we pray, from the ends of the earth, to celebrate with all the faithful the marriage feast of the Lamb in his kingdom, which has no end. Graciously receive our prayers, deliver and preserve us, to you alone, O Father, be all glory, honor, and worship with the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. As often as we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Amen. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. 
O Lord Jesus Christ, only Son of the Father, in giving us your body and blood to eat and to drink, you lead us to remember and confess your holy cross and passion, your blessed death, your rest in the tomb, your resurrection from the dead, your ascension into heaven, and your coming for the final judgment. So remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
body and blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, strengthen and preserve you in the one true faith unto life everlasting. Depart in his peace. Amen. We give thanks to you, almighty God, that you have refreshed us through this salutary gift. And we implore you that of your mercy you would strengthen us through the same in faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Amen.